It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. 155, Lax Class 155 is about to happen for your ears. Uh, Jake Kelly, Jamie Dowick with you once again. As Jamie, let's get you in here. Uh, we got lots to talk about this week, including a, a format change, uh, a couple of guests to announce, uh, all sorts of stuff, but... Maybe before we get into all that, uh, how was the weekend? What's going on back in in Oakville? Well, it was uh, it was okay. Got around a golf in where my club had some sort of fall scramble thing on Saturday, so I fit around a golf in. And What'd you other shoot? than that, was kind of, kind of around the house getting ready for camp. We're a week away. Last weekend, kind of with no camp or anything going on, so kind of laid low around the house. Uh, Took it easy. What What was the score on the golf course? You know, uh, you know what? It you wasn't want, very impressive. You don't want to talk it was. It. Well, no. I mean, also, it was. Uh, I shot eighty. Oh, what, what I shoot? Eighty seven. Eighty seven. But that's not good for me. My handicap on that course would, would have me shooting eighty. So, and obviously, I like to play a little better than my handicap. So, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't too pleased with an eighty seven. But we had a good fun day and. You know, this is what it is. Anything with an 80, starting with an 80, I'd be ultra pleased with. Monday Night Football this week, Jamie. My Seattle Seahawks are taking on the New Orleans Saints. I know this is going to be a day later, but I always like to get your prediction because then when the pod comes out the next day, people can know your Monday Night Prediction. As last week, before we get into this, week, <laughs> uh, you were all over Bills, Mafia, money line, point spread, fantasy. You had it all on the Bills, and my God, what a finish in that football game. That was nuts. Yeah, and fantasy was okay. I made the nice comeback in one of the leagues, not in the other one, the, the one I needed, the real miracle. Um Obviously wrong on the Bills winning the game and all that stuff. Should have won. Tennessee, yeah, well, they should have won, but, you know, Tennessee's, they're good. They're they're tough, man. They're real tough. So, yeah, I was was wrong last week. This week, I got no, I don't really care, to be honest, tonight. I have no fantasy implications. Humor humor me. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who's going to win. The the Saints are going to (laughs) win. And you know it's tough because Seattle's like, in my opinion, they one of the defense. tough, toughest places to win a game yeah. is the Seattle. Like the fans, the twelfth man there is as good as any fan base. Uh, in I've sports. been there in sports, but yeah, it's it's definitely there. And uh, but I I think New Orleans. I'm not a I'm not a Winston fan, but I think their team's pretty balanced. Their defense is good. You know, they're coming off a bye, Sean. I, I like the yeah, Saints tonight. unfortunately, I, I mean, as big of a Hawks fan as I am, I'm thinking the Saints are going to get it done Now, if the Hawks were the old green, that makes it even uh, tougher. I don't know. Like, we'll see. Yeah, no, no, I think the Saints should win tonight. But, hey, 
I mean, the Hawks winning at home anytime well, doesn't uh, really surprise me, no matter how much they're struggling or injured, just because it's, like I said, it's a tough place to win a game no matter what. Well, I was just about to say, never mind uh, 12th man and all that. I don't know if you had a chance. The Canucks played the Kraken on Saturday night in their uh, home opener. And, man, what a scene down there in Seattle. Like, if that is an indication on what the NHL and Seattle and all the rest of it can expect for for hockey down there in the Emerald City, I think they're going to do okay down there. I mean, Kraken merch is flying off the the rack, and that building was electric. Good sports town, eh, Seattle? It it is. And now we got the rivalry, which, you know, the Canucks have never – really had in hockey you know yeah, sometimes it was Calgary, it's like toronto sometimes, buffalo yeah sometimes it was uh edmonton sometimes it was chicago like it, it moved around but now like it's for sure it's it's seattle and uh that's going to be great for for everybody involved and border is supposed to open here jamie within uh, a matter of of a couple of weeks november 8th is when i'm hearing the the land border will open still some hurdles to jump through and, and what have you to get across and back and all the rest of it but moving in the right direction which is is fantastic to see and uh like I mean, that just kind of leads me down the path. Like, I look forward to heading down to Seattle to check out a Canucks game uh, at that brand-new arena, which looks pretty incredible, too. And I think an LL team will look pretty incredible in that building as well, if, I, if I'm, if i you know, talking honestly here as well. So, lots to talk about uh, this week here, Jamie. Uh, I got a chance to watch a little lacrosse this weekend. I got a chance to call some football. But we are now officially in training camp week like it here we go it's starting this weekend and i couldn't be more excited about it i know the rock boys are getting after it so are the warriors and other teams around the nll this holy shit man that this is exciting stuff i don't know if you can hear it coming through on the microphone right now jamie but i can run through a brick wall i'm so pumped up for training camp yeah i mean honestly it's it's kind of almost surreal that it's finally here like i, I said to a few people like here we go, man. Like, this is really happening. Like, you know, it's been so, so, so long. And talking to Tommy about him coming now. I saw Tommy a few weeks ago. But, you know, there's there's a few guys on my team I haven't seen since they walked out of the room and back in March. So, um, it, it's exciting, man. It's here. Um, we're getting ready. And, I mean, we're, we are ready. We've got physicals ready to go. And, you know, it, it's super exciting. It's great to see because I need this in my life. <laughs> I think we all do, man. And with all that being said, as I keep messing with my audio here, Jim, I don't know what has changed. For a long time, I was like stuck with this old kind of relic of a computer, but I, I used it because it had two, like, head. I don't want to get off on track here, but it had two headphone jacks on the side of it, which allowed me to record in the setup that, I like to use, which I think produces some good audio and all the rest of it. So, but the computer was ready to go and I had to figure out an alternative for this. And I ended up ordering like a $4 little splitter thing off of Amazon that works perfectly on my new computer. So this is exciting stuff. And we've changed the, the kind of the, the way we do this around, we're using zoom audio and, and all sorts of different things here. But for some reason, 
some some levels are are playing havoc with me here. Uh, so I need to figure that out as we move along. So you may hear some clicks and some dings and some stuff while I while I do that because I don't really know else how else to do it except while I'm recording. <laughs> Make sure it's working. As again, I tell the listeners and the people stuff that they probably just don't need to know, Jamie, but I can't help myself. So with uh, Yeah, Chugger gave me Chugger was giving me the gears about my fantasy football talks at the beginning of every show. And so I'm sure we're gonna hear about that today. He says that we well, you're- ramble on with useless information. Yeah. And I'm like, thanks, buddy. You know, we're just catching up. We don't we don't talk during the week, really, if you text, but other than yeah. that, we're catching up. Yeah, so that's good, uh, and and you just kind of let it out of the bag right there. One of our oh, guests, sorry, that's yeah. okay, that's okay, because I'm going down that road anyways. That There you go. So that's one of our guests as we switch up the format here to talk some season previews leading into the season, and, and I wasn't really sure how you were going to feel about it, uh, you know, talking to other coaches and GMs about the the prospects and potential of their upcoming year, but you were the one that actually suggested this, which I was happy that you did, and then I kind of thought, well, how are the, the uh, how is the other side going to feel about that? Like, how is Steve Dietrich going to feel talking to another general manager and an owner of another team about his upcoming season? And and he was like, I know you guys are friends. So he was joking around and he's like, I'm not answering any questions from that Dowick. I don't care what he asked this. I'm not giving away my secrets. This and that. I said, fair enough. And then. Clarky, Glenn Clark, uh, as we'll do Albany and Buffalo this week, and and I'll just keep bouncing around here. Long have I done alphabetical order on on this podcast. I'm switching things up this year, Jamie. So you know, Vancouver, Saskatchewan, Toronto—they don't get stuck at the end of the line like they normally do here. So next week, we're going Vancouver and Saskatchewan. I believe is the maybe it's not Saskatchewan. I should probably look, but we're going to the other end of the alphabet. And we'll just kind of go back from one side back to there. So, anyways, Albany, Buffalo this week. Glenn Clark, Steve Dietrich, and, and Clarky was like, "Wait a second, Jamie Dowick's on your podcast." And I'm like, "Oh, thank, thanks for listening, sort of thing." But no, yeah, he's been with me for a couple of months, and then I was kind of like, "Oh man, does he gonna have an issue with this?" And he's like, "No, it just kind of caught me by surprise, uh, and and didn't realize he was doing it." But he's all for it as well. So I figure if we can well, get Clarky, better start listening. If he didn't oh, know, it right. seems like we've been doing. We probably would do this. I don't. I, I well, don't know how long we do it well, for. A couple but, months at least. Let's call him out. Yeah, so let's, let's call him he's out. Not, he's not listening. Uh, not not Larky, recently. Come on, buddy. We'll give you the gears about that today. <laughs> hey, he's got his kids in hockey. And he's doing all sorts oh, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. We all do. Yeah. Uh, so Glenn Clark, Steve Dietrich coming up in quarters two and three, respectively. And with all that being said, we've decided to move quick sticks into quarter number four. So look forward to all that on the horizon. So we'll put lacrosse the nation and the big focus on hiatus for the foreseeable future, at least the next seven weeks. And I think the way this is going to run out, because we're going to try and do two a week. I think the final two teams we are going to get in the first week of the regular season, if I did my math and and my calendar and sundial and abacus and all that sort of stuff correctly, I think that's how it's going to work out is that we'll be into week one by the time we preview our final two teams. So technically, I guess we should have started a week ago, 
But here we are, and, and we're going to do our best to get through all these. So, you know, we'll talk to a head coach. We'll talk to a general manager from their respected club and just kind of get an idea on what to expect from that potential franchise on the upcoming season, which is now just, I don't know, man, like 41 days, 40 days away, something like that, which uh, is crazy to think about. So, man, uh, one thing we are not giving up on is – our Stampede Stallion of the Week, which we are proudly moving to quarter number one here, Jamie. And before we head for the stables, let me tell you about Stampede Tack and Western Wear. As I, I hope you're not scrambling and digging out your credit card and hopping on the website as I read this off. And if you are, I'll give you some time as we're going to talk about Stampede again uh, later on in the program. But with that being said, Jamie, Stampede Tack and Western Wear, who have been with us since the very first episode, 155 of them ago, um, have provided me some new information here. So I haven't even read this yet. I'm going to do it right now. Many of you have already experienced some of the difficulties these days are trying to find new things when you need them and you want them. What was easy to get just a short while ago is now turning into quite a challenge. And this is a real thing. Like a lot of places back east and across the world have just shut production down. And a lot of companies are struggling to get stock into their companies. So Stampede and Tack and Westerware has been working hard trying to keep things you need and you want available to you. We encourage all customers to consider starting early this year. For any Christmas gifts that might end up under the tree, if Stampede doesn't have that item you're looking for, they will 100% try and get the best alternative. Or if they can reserve items when you want, when they are back in stock. Stampede, Tack, and Western Wear. Bottom line on that whole read there, Jamie, is they will do whatever it takes to get you what you want and what you need. From the shop out there in Cloverdale, which has been there since 1966, corner of Highway 10, 180th, Stampede.ca, hop online there. It's still shopping local, and you're supporting our sponsor here on the podcast, which is... Got a story here. Okay, I'm right. Give it to me. Okay, so I get home, and I'm thinking, okay, told Jumbo I was going to jump on Stampede.ca and buy a pair of these Blundstones and buy my wife a pair of these Blundstones. So I go home, open up my computer, call my wife over, I pulled it up on the website, and I'm like, hey, look at these... whatever and and she looks at me and she's like are you serious and i'm like why and she walks me to the come on our our, our back room come and on she, sh- she shows me a pair of blunt stones that she's got that she wears regularly and she pulls a pair out of my closet and says <laughs> i bought you these when i was in vancouver and I'm not going to, I'm not positive it's from there, but when she was out in Vancouver with one of my sons at hockey at lacrosse tournament a long time ago, she bought me a pair of these and I've never worn them. So, you know, they, Here so we she go. stopped me from buying two more pairs at right at that time, but these might've come from there and I, I do have a pair and now I'm going to be able to give you an update on, you know okay. how good these are. So next time this week, I will have expected you to go out, whether it's you know out to the grocery store or to the track or maybe a little walk in the park, and and report back after where. And I'm telling you, the more times you wear these things, the more comfortable they get. Just keep okay. that in mind. The more you wear them, yeah. the more comfortable. 
You get you can get Blundstones in all sorts of other types of boots. Stampede.ca. Check them out. As uh, now, Jamie Dowick, it's time to mount up and head for the stables. <laughs> We have reached the Stampede Tack in Western Wear Stables, as you hear or heard. Uh, Jamie, your pick this week. I'm a little nervous doing this right off the top of the show. I haven't been great at, at guessing clues so far, but I'm looking for a bounce back this week. Uh, are you prepared with this week's stallion? I, I am prepared, and I got to give a, a shout-out to uh, our guest on the show today. Um, chugger because i was talking to him this morning and and we're talking about coming on the show tonight and i said oh my god i got gotta do my he says who are you taking for your stampede stallion this week and i said come on man you know me i wait till five o'clock today and i said do you got any suggestions and he quickly threw a name at me and i was like oh my god that that's perfect like i can't believe he's not on the list so i am ready locked and loaded here and um all right I, I, my first clue is going to be, I, I'm, yeah, I want you to have a couple clues anyways. Sure. I, I don't have a specific draft position here, um, but I, you know, I got teams in this and that. So okay. we'll, we'll play along here. Are you ready? I'm ready. Give it to me here. Give it to me. You're ready. Okay. Drafted in 2000 by the Albany Attack. Albany Attack. Def- 2000? A defender, and I'm, it's a big clue here, actually, okay. that ended his career with the Toronto Rock. It's a double clue. You might go first time here. Oh, man. So let me go again. Oh, I here. think I got I, it. I, I think I got yeah, it. Oh, you do. I gave you way too much. I think We're not, I got people it. People aren't playing along here. Well, let no. me get. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I gave you too much. Well, yeah, you did. Cam Woods. Yeah, it absolutely is Cam Woods. Uh, you know, 14 years in the league, finally won a championship with us. Uh, Doily, you know, first time captain winning. Doily sends Woodsy and Beernsey up to get that championship. Like that guy was a warrior. And if he didn't play, no disrespect to anyone, but if he didn't play the first part of his career in Albany and San Jose and a year in Chicago, yeah. and he played longer in Toronto or Buffalo, I think a Hall of Famer. I think, uh, you know, one of the greatest teammates in our league and a great talent and a great player and still might be a Hall of Famer and I think an unbelievable Stampede Sally. Give me your thoughts. Great pick, man. I'm just, uh, I pulled up his Wikipedia here, which I like to do. And and like many of our other Stallions, I think like longevity comes into it, but it's the the consistency, right? Like how many games did you play each year? And you're, I'm looking at his list and it's 16, 16, 16, 16. And this is back when they were playing 16, of course, uh, only four in his last year. But when you can eclipse the 200 game plateau as a player, like that is a massive accomplishment. He's at 219. Over 1,400 loose balls to go along with it was was a clean player. Too. like physical mean but clean and could run 
Like the man was a, just an absolute horse, and this is like the perfect analogy. Big boy, for, big yeah. boy too. Back think, like in the back in the day for sure. I recall. I think he actually came out to Coquitlam was shooting and Kruger maybe for a year back when Patty Merrill probably did. Yeah. They were close. Yeah. So I mean, he was just awesome, it. man. Great, great room guy. Um, just just an awesome teammate. I mean, uh, and and a great great player. And, and I don't think he he quite gets the recognition that he deserves, but I, I really do think he he might be a Hall of Famer. And and anyone that played against him or with him. You know, I'd be surprised to not hear say the same thing. Yeah, I think he's he's definitely in the conversation for Hall of Fame. After looking at the the numbers and all the rest of it there for Woodsy, like uh, legit man, like really legit career, and and yeah. like I just like I put the benchmark of guys like that when you ask their former opponents and and even teammates about players like that. They just go on forever about how integral they were to winning championships or winning games or whatever it may be. And I think that's the ultimate testament to, to guys like that. And a lot of those guys, that's why they're stallions. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, there you go. Uh, you don't have to because uh, quarter one is now over, which means we're heading to quarter number two and it's time. To, I haven't... Uh, I. As you'll hear here, a lot of new wrinkles to the show and stuff, but I, I had ran out of time. I got to think of a catchy new way to kind of roll out season previews here, Jamie. I don't, I really don't know how to do that, but I'm going to spend some time this week thinking about maybe a fun little soundbite for season preview. But we don't have anything for quarter two, so don't get your hopes up on the other side here, okay? Okay. I got a suggestion. I'll give it to you off point. Sounds good. All right. Quarter two up next. We're going season preview Albany Firewolves with the professor, Glenn Clark, back on Lax Class right after this. Hi, this is Bill Fox, NLL Hall of Fame referee, and you're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to the Lax Class as we move into quarter number two. Jake Kelly, Jamie Dowick with you. And uh, now with us on the line here is we have the professor, Glenn Clark, Albany Firewolves, which I'm still kind of getting used to saying a little bit, uh, Clarky. Thanks for doing this. How are things, man? Why are you down in Albany right now? Or are you still back up and home? No, I'm still home. We we have, and thanks for having me, guys. Great to be on. Yeah. We, we are starting camp this weekend. Okay, so, and camp's going well, down in Albany, though, right? Week uh, weekend one is in Albany. Uh, we're doing medicals and and media and 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 to be honest, nobody's been down there yet. So there's a lot of uh, introductions, protocols, a lot of things going on. And then we're going to be up in Ontario for the few weeks after that. Who do you guys got on your exhibition schedule? We are playing Fort Worth, New York, and then we're playing at the Blue Cross Arena against Rochester for the final. Wow, you just cherry-picked them all right there, eh? Like New York expansion team, Rochester expansion, Fort Worth expansion. What's going on here? Firewolves don't want to want to test in the preseason, or are you just keeping your cards close to your chest? I can never get a game at the track with the Rock, so <laughs> I, I got I to take what I can yeah. Uh, go ahead, Jamie. Hey, he listen, does, I'll keep that in does. mind. I kind of got two regulars with my boys. Uh, Saskatchewan and Colorado. Well, Saskatchewan and Colorado have, have really 
I've committed with them over the years and we're probably at five plus years now where we play each other and they get to come in for the weekend and do a camp and with their Eastern guys, it works well. And the mm -hmm. third game always changes. And this year it happens to be Philly for me, but you know, I'll keep the uh, Albany Firewolves in mind for maybe next year. Put, put me in the rotation, Jamie. There you go. There Former you go, Rod bud. guy, bunch of championships with that franchise. I mean, come on, Dalek. Uh, give There's a, everyone's a former rock guy, I think. <laughs> yeah, pretty, I, 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 I think like 10 of the coaches in this league are former rock guys. It's yeah. honestly crazy how, how can, like, it's like the old uh, Mike Holmgren tree of, of coaches or the Bill Belichick tree of coaches uh, coming out of Toronto, the way that spans across the league now. It is, yeah. There's not a lot of separation. I mean, if you did that, uh, if you, you track that path, Jamie's right. It's, yeah, uh, it's it, a big it, old oak tree full of branches. Um, you mentioned first week going down, and, and man, I tell you, my email does not get any more press releases uh, from any other team more than I do from the Albany Firewolves. You guys have been pumping stuff out like almost weekly, whether it's dance team tryouts or a new relationship with somebody or – you know, the latest one I got is, is media day and, and stuff going on for the first week of training camp, which I think is going to be really exciting. You said nobody's kind of been down there yet, and, and like, everybody's going to get their first look at the, the arena with the turf in it and the, the uniforms and all that sort of stuff. Like, this is really exciting, and I, I think George and, and Oliver and the whole gang there, Jason, have done a fantastic job, especially in this, this COVID era of – like engaging people right out of the gate as a, I know it's not an expansion team, but a relocated team. They've done a fantastic job and I would expect a pretty big turnout down there in the, in the capital region. You're right. And from everything I hear that that is going to be the case. George is very familiar with the area because he used to run the uh, arena football league right. team. And did fantastic and with that, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like that very was very much. successful. Yeah, it was very successful. So you know, he knows the infrastructure of the town, the building, sponsorship. So he's, he, you know, he's been engaged and, and I mean, he works like a badger. So he's, he's been putting things together and the engagement and the media stuff that I've already done in Albany without even being in market has been pretty impressive. I mean, you got, got the a, radio deal for games, uh, your weekly hits going on. It's all yeah, good, right? Like yeah, all good. Yeah, and there, there's going to be a weekly coaches show through that ESPN radio that I'm going to be doing. So, yeah, they've uh, they've put a lot of things in place, and and it's an unusual time being sold or relocated during uh, the pandemic. So it's been uh, it's been different, and it's going to this will be the first real test uh, for us, and and just getting into the market, getting acclimated. So it's a pretty exciting time. Do you have any idea on how season ticket sales are going? I, I don't know how they are. I've, I've heard some numbers, but I don't want to misrepresent. Sure. But the one, the one thing I do know, uh, which, you know, I, I'm not in sales. I'm not in ticket sales, all that stuff, which I found interesting was what George said was for the first year or maybe even longer, he's going to and this is a strategy. I mean, they're going to focus on event base. So they're going to try and sell game one and they're going to do groups. And, and, you know, when you, when you do it event based and you target a game, you target an event, you target groups, what happens is the, the season's tickets kind of fall in behind that. So not that they're not trying to sell season tickets, yeah, but somebody the comes, they get a taste and we're like, I want to come back to that. What's my best value in, in season's tickets are there. Yeah. Season's so his focus is fill in the building. Yeah. initially yeah. and and 
not so much through that emphasis on season tickets. That that's a byproduct of that. Uh, but he's really focusing focusing on game one, getting butts in the seat, build from there. Speaking with Glenn Clark, general manager and head coach of the Albany Firewolves now. Uh, and it's crazy, man, because like I, I think the NOL is going to look so much different than it did when we shut down a couple of years ago with two full cupboards worth of draft picks and guys retiring and young guys getting older and players moving with trades and free agencies. It's almost like starting fresh all over again. I know you guys were sitting at the top of the table when, when the pandemic hit and you got to feel pretty good about that, but let's talk about the team a little bit here, Glenn, like gone are, are a couple of veterans on your offense and Steph LeBlanc and, and Callum Crawford. And you're going to have to find a way to, to reload and, and produce those points from other players. Back end looks like it's uh, pretty much intact there. And, and Dougie Jameson coming off a uh, goalie of the year is, is not going to get any worse, but what are, you, what are you looking for coming into this year from your roster? I think it's going to be interesting for everybody because, you know, you've got those, you know, the older end players are now two years older without playing any time. You've got the young guys that have, you know, matured, but they've matured without playing time for the most part. I mean, some guys have played in different things. So yeah. I think from an evaluation standpoint and even a projection standpoint, I, I think it's really it's difficult to have a real handle on your roster, to be honest, because we haven't seen anything for so long with our roster in particular. I think our success was predicated on defense and goaltending. Um, and we're still pretty solid and sound back there. Uh, we did lose two big pieces of our offense in Callum and Steph, um, but added some nice pieces in, in Rue and, and some other pieces that... Yeah, I'm uh, just looking here. Yeah, Jean-Luc Chetner coming over. You got uh, Gareth Thole returning from from a long time being away. And and some American guys, too, uh, that could really make an impact if they can pick up the box game in a hurry. Yeah, and, you know, it's th- there's a style of offense that we like to play, uh, and, and we sort of target guys that we think will fit that style of offense. So, again, you know, everybody's optimistic at this time of the year, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I, I think every year, it's, a, it's an any given Sunday league. Uh, you know, it is, you are in it every weekend, and... You know, right now there's 15 teams that think they can win a championship and and they're probably not far off. So there's a lot of teams in the mix and, and we think we're going to be one of those teams. I think we're we're positioned well uh, to be in the battle when it comes down to the end. Yeah, I mean, returning Durston, Q, that's all good on your left side. Of course, uh, mm-hmm. a nice little pickup in Sorketti. Um, a lot of people thought he was going to end up back in Saskatchewan, so you kind of snipe him. Uh, the veteran now, John Lafontaine, which sounds a little bit weird to say, and you mentioned Rue, which is great. Joey Rez is always going to put up a, a lot of points for you as well. Um, is there an area that, that you'd like to see improved or, or a little bit concerned about heading into camp? I, I mean, jo- here's another guy, Glenn, uh, Joe Nardella, which nobody really knew what to expect with this guy stepping into the league. And not a, like a, you knew he was going to be good at the faceoffs, but this guy has turned himself into a legit defender as well. And that's that's a nice little find there in Nard- Nardella. Yeah, and, and in the box game, you know, we don't have Fogos, right? So you you need to be able to play and and 
you know, we knew about his proficiency in the face-off circle, but he really did impress. And actually, a lot of people don't know this. We had him in camp probably two years prior and, and didn't sign Oh, him. really? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, we had him, uh, I'm going to say two years prior to us having him in camp. We invited him back in, and he made an impression. And, you know, actually his very first game was against Jamie uh, and uh, The Rock in Toronto. And you could tell it was moving pretty fast for him. But he, you know, as time went on, uh, he found a groove and and was able to fit into the system and picked it up. And, and he's been a very pleasant surprise because, you know, obviously he's good on face-offs. He's a badger on loose balls and, and he can play defense. So he's he's been great for us. Corky, let me jump in there. I'll tell you even make this story a little crazier. You probably didn't know this. When he signed with you guys, um, he was basically committed to coming to play for us. Uh, Tommy had put me in touch with him, and like we were right down to it where he was going to – I thought it was a done deal, and he was coming to Toronto. And then at the last minute, he's, you know, he had the opportunity to go to your camp, and with his business, I guess, he had a business and face-off business in Boston. It yes. just made more sense for him to sign with you guys. And, and I understand that, but, you know, we pursued him hard. Um, Tommy, you know, recommended him and, and believe me, I have watched him succeed and thought all along, gosh, we almost had that guy. And now obviously we drafted TD. So that should make yeah. that, that whole matchup very interesting, but Indeed, yeah, yeah I, I love Joe Nardella, man. You talk about a face-off guy that isn't just a face-off guy. Like, I think he gives every American... Him and Jake you know, Withers, like that, really. Like, well, Withers, too, Canadian. But, you know, like, to me, Nardella, like, that's Trevor. Trevor's getting better at that, too. Like, that that's a pure Fogo that's become a, you know, and not only a defender, that guy could score. Like, he scores goals, man. Um, great player. I, I'm a, oh, I'm a as fan. As you know, I'm, Clarky, right, defense is not all about talent it's just the will and the want to to play defense and be good at it and if you have that desire you can turn yourself into a good defender if you're an athlete you certainly can and if you pay attention to cues and and you know everybody's coaching systems now and and you know if you can follow that along and 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 be part of those movement patterns and uh you're you're gonna have the opportunity to have success and i i did know that story jamie uh, that was the time when Rich was having those conversations and, uh, you know, talking to the free agents and all that. But he did tell me, I, I didn't know how far down a road you guys were with Joe, but he did share with me that you guys were certainly in the mix with him. So I, I did know that little connection. He didn't do anything wrong with us. Like, I don't think we had a contract in front of him. We were just, we were just yeah. kind of believing yeah. that, yeah, he was coming, like, you know, and then so it wasn't anything bad or whatever. So let me ask you a question, Clarky. Let's get down to the, the real story here. What's the game plan for game one here this year? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, man, we got to see how it plays out. I got to see what uh, the end result and the end product is for both of us. But I'm excited you know, we get you. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, Groundhog Day. We started this way two years ago as well, right? In, uh, in uh, Absolutely. Well, listen. Absolutely. But, you know, being a new franchise and, you know, obviously your connection to our franchise and whatever, I, you know, I'm I, I feel, you know, I'm excited about our, our, you know, rebirth in Hamilton was a big night. And then we get to play 
you know, Albany, that, that, that history, there's a lot of rock kind of Albany original crossover. It's just a great matchup and, and I'm excited way. we get, we well, get to play is, with you guys. It's the, uh, it's the site of my first ever NLL game, oh. the Ontario, Ontario Raiders, right? <laughs> okay. that, that's, that's coming full, all the way back, Full right? circle. That's unbelievable. And listen, Glenn, uh, I know, you know, like this is probably groundbreaking stuff, having not only an owner of a team, but a GM of a team. Uh, on on the other side of the chair here. So I know he's sitting here listening to all these questions I'm asking you. So I'm going to do this as I talk to either a, a head coach or a GM from every other team. I'm going to open up the floor to you, and you can ask Jamie Dowick one question about his team if you so choose. Oh, I, I don't know what I would ask. Okay, well, you. think about that. You think about okay. that. Just keep that in your pocket. I will, yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you another question right now while you're thinking about that. And I mentioned the American guys on, on your roster, and, and Albany has kind of gone a little heavy uh, in that department, I will say. And, and if I'm looking here, Henningberg, Conrad, Goodrich, Brad Smith, uh, who else do you got on here? Michael Sowers. Is there one or two guys that are coming in that fall in that category of not having a whole lot of box lacrosse experience, but being very good at the sport of lacrosse that you are looking forward to watching in camp. Yeah, there, there's a couple. I mean, Brad Smith is one that sticks out right away has had uh, quite a bit of success in the PLL. And when we, when we look at and assess, you know, bringing in free agents, signing players that don't have a lot of box experience. And as much as you can do this, we try to look for, uh, crossover moments when we're watching their field game and so seeing what, what do you look for as far as a crossover moment if I can cut you off like what are some of the things you look for well if it's an offensive guy for example I mean it would be you know what are his movement patterns without the ball and are goals being scored you know where he's moving without the ball is he finding space a lot of it is without the ball, to be yeah. honest, because the game of the indoor game, that's that's, you know, offense is generated a lot that way, as opposed to just getting the ball in his stick, step running around for 20 seconds, yeah. stepping back, ripping an outside shot, which, you know, not that that's not a skill and not that some of those players have other um, parts to their game. But that would be an example of something we're looking for when we watch. And, you know, we saw that in Brad, some real good vision where uh, you know, he'll catch a pass and he seems to be in traffic and he makes that next pass down to the crease. And, you know, when a double comes, he's got an awareness of, of spacing and, and where other players are. So as much as you can, that that's kind of what we look for, particularly in the offensive players, defensive players. You know, if you've got a good short stick midi um, D athlete that seems to be able to to play and has an awareness of you know, picks and, and bodies around them in the defensive zone. You know, those are type of things. Yeah. And I, and I just let, let me throw a name at you that I'm looking for to see come out of your camp and see what he does with you. And I, you know, there's a guy we actually traded to. I think I did the deal with Rick rich list yeah. is Ryan Conrad. Oh. Uh, yeah, you, and I you know, we yeah. drafted him because for the same reasons we, you know, we didn't never spoke to him when we drafted him, but a few people we talked to, you know, said like, this is a guy that's going to be able to translate into the box game. And he wanted to play. And, you know, once again, he had a job issue. So we, you know, we wanted to see him here. And I, I'm just curious. I haven't, you know, he looked good in the sixes. 
you know, he'll be a guy to watch. I know he wants to play box and, and uh, it should be interesting. We want more of those guys making teams. So I'm kind of pulling for him. Yeah. And not only do we want, we, we need it too, Jamie, with the, the way that expansion's going and uh, teams in the U S like, yeah, we need an influx of those types of players in our league. So it's great. Well, and listen, it takes them to want it, right? Yep. You're like, and that's the first step. Like they got to want to play in our league. And I know in speaking to him before we traded him, like I said to him, listen, I want you to play in this league. So I'll trade you to wherever you works for you because same thing. We need these guys in our league. And if that's an opportunity for you and tied to expansion, we need American players and there's more and more of them coming. And as long as they're committed, like they're talented lacrosse players, if they're smart and committed, you know, it can understand it's a little more physical. Uh, there's no reason why these guys can't play. We've had a lot of success with the darts we've thrown there. I agree. And, and you know, we're the same way. Clark, I see Jackson Brown listed on the roster out of Peterborough for goaltending depth. Do you have other goaltenders coming to camp for you? No, we just, he's our, he's our third. So we just have uh, Doug Jamison and Ethan Woods. And, Ethan uh, Woods, so of course, yeah. We drafted Woodsy a few years back, so he's been with us. How many numbers are you bringing? Like, we see teams have different strategies when it comes to this, having a lot of competition or other teams uh, that just like to kind of keep the numbers low and get right into their systems and stuff pretty quick. Yeah, we're the latter. Uh, But, you know, and I think it's also kind of the stage you're at. You know, in terms of that wasn't a good question, ding, right there. Just so you guys know, I I don't know, I don't know what that was there. I think it was a a text on my (laughs) laptop, but anyway. Um, So we're at the lower end. We've got uh, 27, uh, 29 total. Okay. Uh, We've got a couple couple guys banged up that won't be there the first weekend, but um, we've got 29 total. So that's on the lower end. But, you know, in reality, you know, especially on our back end, we didn't have a lot of room for bodies. So you're looking at a couple of guys uh, and, you know, we've got enough competition on the front end with probably three or four guys going for spots on each side uh, of the offensive side of the ball. So we, we were the latter. We wanted to keep it small, do a little more teaching, assess during some of the exhibition games and scrimmages uh, and keep those numbers low. Coach and staff back intact as well. Everybody's back. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Uh, JD, you got anything else for the professor before we let him go here? No, listen, I mean, you know, you talked about doing these calls with these guys. These guys are all my friends and my buddies as well as my colleagues and whatever. So, you know, it's good to catch up with Clarky. We talk about this stuff, you know, whenever we do catch up. And, you know, I wish all my uh, everyone in this league the best in the upcoming season. And um, I'm excited to be a part of the kickoff with them. And, uh, you know, after week one, I'll be cheering for them for a few weeks, I guess, you know, until we see them again. Just anybody that plays Buffalo, pretty much, right? Well, absolutely. No (laughs) one's cheering for that. You know, we'll get into that later. But, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Uh, Clark, I got to ask you, where's the daughter at with the stick handling record now with uh, that little trainer thing she's got? I know she was off the charts there last year. That was something, eh? So she's still playing hockey. Yeah, she's uh, that thing's been gathering a bit of dust in the basement as as many uh, Christmas gifts do. But Mm. yeah, that was uh, that was something when she was she was dominating the house. I don't know if you saw that or not, Jamie, but it's one of those you know, the little sheets. Super geeker. Oh man, like and I don't know what. I did. Oh, it was nuts. And what about the boy? You said you were supposed to be watching him play hockey right now. Mom went instead, but uh, where's, where's he shooting the puck around? 
He's doing well. He's playing Triple uh, A in uh, Markham as a as an eight year old. So he's uh, yeah, he's he's doing well. He's uh, he loves hockey. He loves lacrosse, and he's uh, so far so good. He's All been right, doing okay. just a couple of years away from following in, in father's footsteps. I love to hear. Does Clarky get to give me a question? You got a oh, question yeah, that's for right. me, Clarky? Uh, yeah, you got you got Toronto a- Rock question. Let's yeah, go. You know- you know what I got, Jamie, and you probably don't know this. The next time I'm at uh, at the the track, you know what I'd really love to see is the dressing room. Oh. I've, I've never oh. been. You know, I've never been in there. I've never seen it. I'm I'm, never... I'm a little surprised to hear that. It's I guarantee you, I will personally take you in there, and I, your your name's up on the wall there uh, a few else, times. Man. I went as in we have right... our banners there. Yeah. So I went in um, it right off the bat. I'm sure it's been improved since then, and I was in awe when when I walked into it. Right. Yeah, when it I've, I've never I've never been in it, and all the time I've been well, in the track a hundred times. And I've Jamie, just for it. our listeners, like you kind of modeled this thing after like the Toronto Maple Leafs dressing room at the ACC at the time, did you not? Well, it was it, there was a little bit. We st- we stole a few ideas from there, but it was it was you know we we were working with a different space and whatever. But it was more you know for me it was just about giving the guys their own room that was theirs because at the Scotia Bank we just used the visitors' room. Yeah. And, you know we didn't even have a logo up in that room, and and understandably so, which is going to be very different because we're getting a room built for us in Hamilton, which is super exciting. Um, well, you know, our room full time and, and all that. So Clarky, I'll tell you what, I'll not only give you a tour of the track, but I'll, I'll, I'll squeeze you in to see it, check out the new room in Hamilton when we're there as well. Yeah. Beautiful. That'd be awesome. Clarky, uh, thanks so much for doing this, man. Uh, all the best to you, Oliver, George, and, and the gang there in Albany, uh, with the upcoming season. I'm looking forward to watching the firewolves roll out, man. Yeah, we're all excited to get the league back and going. It's been too long. Oh, Thanks for having me, fellas. Appreciate it. There he was. There he is. Glenn Clark, Albany Firewolves. Uh, been around that franchise for a while now, Jamie. And, and like, obviously, the right man in charge leading that team, former champion, multi-champion, and knows how to get the most out of his players as well. Sorry, coming off That's coming off mute there. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, Clarky's done a great job there, man. He's been around there for a while. He's built a good foundation and and they've been pretty successful. And you know, I know they were one of the teams that you know were that like us that felt like at the end of the last season we all were fighting for a chance to win. And and uh, you know, I expect them to be well coached and and competitive and they got some new pieces, and like you said, his defense is the same. So you know, they're going to be a tough, tough opponent every night for any team. So uh, it, it was good to do that. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I think you did a good job. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, you as well as uh, Clarky just signing off here. And and while we're talking about dressing rooms here, get, why don't you get Tuts on this? Paul Tutka, who does your social media for the track, if I'm not mistaken. Get Let's get him in, in the locker room doing a little uh, video tour. Maybe Challen can walk uh, the people through the, the dressing room and, and give them a little inside look at the track. How about that? Yeah, I mean, we've done that a few times. I'm sure you can find that on YouTube. I did kind of a Cribs thing back in the day oh, okay. when we well, first built it. I'll have to find that. Um, repost. Like give them the repost. But, but absolutely we can do that, but not before Clarky sees it. I mean, I, it's bad that I don't know. His name's got to be on that wall Four times? Uh, Four times? I think five. I want to say five. Five? I'll have to look. Was he he was 2005 as well? 
I want to say five. I'll yeah, look. so he oh, probably okay. was five times. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's bad on me that I haven't. Uh, I, I mean, doing all the Hall of Famers and all the rest of it, it was hard to kind of keep track of everybody here. But let me let me see here if I can just look this up quickly. He's probably seasons. five. He's One, two, three, two, four, no, five. I, five. I was right. Five. He was all of them. Yeah, all of them but mine. Um, yeah, like, yeah. There you go. As far so, as I'm concerned, right, anyone yeah. that's got their name up there, you know, knock on the door, tell me to, you know, it's not because I'm not thinking about it. Well, it is because I'm not thinking about it, but I'd be happy to show, <laughs> yeah, no show them. Why wouldn't you? All right. Uh, break time, Jamie. That was good. That's Albany is now officially off the list, and we're on to Buffalo. Heading for Bandit Land. Chugger, Steve Dietrich is next here on Lax Class. Stick around. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Paul Del Monte, Commissioner of the WLA. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and WLA. Welcome back to Lax Class. Second half action is now underway. Blow the whistle. Let's listen to Lax Class, I guess I could say. Uh, Jake, <laughs> Jamie Dowick with you and Associated Labels and Packaging with us, of course, as they have been since day number one. AssociatedLP.com, focusing on ethics, quality, and of course, family-owned, down there in Coquitlam, over 40 years of experience in the label and package business. And just a matter of days now before uh, Danny's labels are, are ready to go for her little earring business there. So we're excited about that, just waiting on the call. And if you need a label or a package, AssociatedLP.com is where you should go to get one. Right now, though, we're going to Banditland, Buffalo, New York. Uh, I don't think this man is actually in uh, hot wing country right now. But uh, Steve Chugger Dietrich, GM of the Buffalo Bandits, back on the pod, the Western biased podcast that I have here. Welcome back, Chugger. How are you? Jumbo, it's always a pleasure. Um, you know, I'd like to say it's a pleasure tonight, but I know who your co-host is. So, no, it's great to be on. What was that, five no, seconds? No, I was, was going to correct you, Jumbo, and say not only GM, but uh, defensive coach on the bench. Oh, that's bench. right. So, you know, yeah, you, we, got, we got one of the big, big, big bosses here today, but he's throwing, he's throwing darts already. Well, I that, get it. That's a... Uh, I don't know if that's ever been done. Like a GM head coach has been done plenty of times, but GM Terry Sanderson, defensive coach Terry did that as well. That's what he did for me for five years. Yeah. Well, maybe that's funny. That, that's is, probably is that where you got the idea from, Steve? Hey, you follow a legend, right? T was the man. So if T can do it, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure I can try and and uh, follow in his footsteps as as big as they are. But uh, yeah. You know, it, T was T was great, and and everything he did. You know, he's a legend. We don't have to talk more about T, but um, you know, it was something that with with the the situation that we went through, and and knowing we wanted to move JT to be the head coach, it was basically a transition for me to to step up and say I'll do it for a year, and you know, then then we got got this COVID situation going, and a year and a half later, it looks like I'm still going to be doing it. So I'm pretty excited. Well, and not only that. 
Steve, but, uh, you know, negotiations taking place between you and, and my co-host here, for one, Russell Kruger as well, who, from what I understand, was under contract with the Bandits and got permission to Toronto to, to speak to him, and, and the choice and the decision was made to to make the move for, for Krugs. Uh, so what's what's the answer on the Buffalo bench uh, to replace him? Well, you know, first off, it, it, Jamie went about it the right way. He asked Scott for permission to talk to, to Rusty, and, and it was a tough decision for us because Krug was a, a very valued member of our staff and, and uh, a fantastic individual. Krug's, Krug's a... Well, I know it was Krug's a tough a decision for Rusty, too, if, if that means something to you coming back the other way. so I'd... Yeah, and you know what? Rusty's a guy that we didn't want to lose, but we also, as an organization, believe that we don't want to stop any of our any of our valued people from maybe uh, looking at an opportunity that they might perceive to be better for them at that current time. So we let Rusty do it and, you know, Rusty left and, you know, we wish him the best. Rusty's a great guy, always will be a great guy. And he couldn't have gone to a better spot. We, I make fun of Jamie all the time, but Jamie's one of my best, my best friends and I love the man. So he's gone to, uh, he's gone to a great spot, but you know, I've said this to you before, Jumbo. I think Kurt Malowski might be the smartest, most brilliant offensive mind that I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. Now being around, now being around JT, I, I think those two are on a, a level all by themselves. So JT's just going to step into that role uh, and just completely take over the offense for us. So uh, I think our offense is in pretty good hands with you know the greatest player to ever play the game down there. <laughs> yeah, more more um, JT so I, I okay. is never a bad thing like that. That, that no, goes that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's good, man. Um, I don't know where to begin here. Like, uh, we, we just talked to Glenn Clark and, and talking about how, like, we've been away for so long. It's kind of hard to remember everything that's happened in the past couple of years. Draft picks and uh, trades and uh, free agent signings and all the rest of it. Um, so I don't really know where to begin in Buffalo. Maybe let, why don't we start at, at last year's draft and, and who you're high on coming out of, of those picks from just a couple of months ago. Well, first off, now I know why you had to bring me on after Clarkie. You had to bring the education yeah. down by adding me to this. <laughs> yeah, now bring, I know. Bring, you, guys, you guys are going to feel better about yourselves talking to me now. A little too highbrow for our listeners. Clark. Yes, we had to bring the level down here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, you know, obviously we're looking forward to, to Hoka, right? Um, you know, the vast and and a couple other guys that we drafted Monroe are all gone back to school so the is the big the big cat for us coming in this year um we're going to look at Hunter Agus as well so he's going to get a shot and and Carson Reese is going to get a shot but um Tohoke is a guy we're really excited about and and uh, we'll see I think we're pretty deep uh, offensively well um, Steve so- I mean pretty deep is maybe the biggest understatement going into this season like I I talked to Jamie about this. I talked to my lacrosse group buddy buddies about this. Like, <laughs> how do you get everybody you got on offense in not only into your lineup and on the floor, but productive and, and with the ball? Like, you got oodles of talent up front on your roster. And is there enough spots for everybody? First off, JD and I had this little conversation. So uh, I, I'm glad I missed the first segment when, when you guys – just gawk at how great Jamie's uh, GMing of his fantasy football team is. But <laughs> I, will, I, will say, <laughs> I will tell you this. If you, if you have two great quarterbacks yeah. and somebody wants to give you a third great quarterback, you're not going to say, no, 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 I'm good. Yeah. You're going to take, right? So the, the way we look at it is, is we think we have a lot of good players. But I remember back two years ago, 
we thought going into the offseason, we had a very, very good right side with Sean Evans, Thomas Holgarth, Chase Frazier, and Dane Smith. Well, lo and behold, two of them tear their knees. One of them breaks his hand, and the other one gets lost in an expansion draft. So your depth can get depleted pretty, pretty quick. quickly in this league. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like again, it's, it's the one ball. There's too many shafts. I've heard it all. I'd rather have too many great players and try and figure out a way to get them to play together than – you know, be scrambling and not have enough and try and come up with systems that are going to basically get, um, you know, water out of a rock. Well, can so. we see a situation where we, we see a guy like uh, Chase Fraser come out of the back end like we did uh, with a young Mitch Jones or a young Dane Smith early on in their career where some guys may have to get plopped down in some some places that they might not be particularly comfortable, but what you think or the coaching staff may think may give you the best chance to win. Well, you know what? I think we're pretty set with the, with our right side. Like obviously camp's coming and, and you never want to, you never want to not look under some stones to see what might be there, but I think we're pretty good there. I don't think we're going to be moving any guys to the back door, especially from the right side. You may see that with McCulley on the odd occasion, depending what he wants to do with three lefts or four lefts out the front door. So you may see McCauley play some shifts out the back door or dress out the back door. I think the right sides, uh, basically those guys are all offensive players. I don't think we're going to put cause or anybody like that out the back door. And, and in all honesty, I, I like our back door as well. So there's not going to be a lot of spots. It's going to be a pretty competitive camp, but I'm sure you know, Clarky told you that, and I'm sure every other GM is going to tell you the same thing. Well, hopes are always high in. before training camp starts, no matter what team you're with, right, uh, Steve? Like everybody's yeah. got big, big hopes and dreams going into this season. Well, and and add to that, free two free agency seasons and two drafts yeah. since the last time we've been on the floor. So, uh, you know, you start looking around at the rosters and and you think, okay, well, I might have some extra things here. You know, who might be who might be interested? Well, everybody's got extra things, so. There's not a lot of spots. So it's going to make for a very competitive camp for every team right across our league. What, uh, what are you doing in goal? Of course, Vino back. Uh, is Bucking back with you backing up there in Buffalo? I can't remember what the goalie situation is now. Yeah, no, we got Vino, and Vino's promised me. I, I think I have two years left of my deal two. So okay. as a GM. So, so Vino's promised me he's at least going to play for another two years so I can get an extension before we even have to worry about any more goaltending. <laughs> but, um, no, we got Vino. We have Dougie Bucken, who, who I'm a big believer in. And, and then we got Devlin Shanahan that's right. been our practice roster goalie for a couple of years, and, and he's going to battle here to try and to get on the active roster as well. Well, I'll tell you, um, just watching Chris Cliche at the sixes and through the PLL season, I think this kid's prime for a big one. He, he finally looks like he is in top-level shape, which was always a bit of a knock on him. So I'm excited to to see that. And, and Fraser with another year under his belt as well. Which are, Can we settle this right now? Like, this kid's from my area, and, and I've always gone with Fraser. But anytime I hear the great John Gertler and through the PLL season, I heard Frazier, like the, the old uh, psychiatrist uh, show there on, on TV, Frazier with a Z in there. Can you confirm nor deny, are we, are we going Fraser or are we going Frazier? I think it's, I think it's the way you say it. I think it's Fraser. I think it's Fraser as well. Yeah. I've gone with that um, my whole, but then I hear it and I'm like, well, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Listen, as long I'm sure I could speak for Chase that as long as he's hearing his name called after goals, <laughs> Frats, uh, just go with he's Frats. either getting the goal or is this he doesn't care what you yeah, call him. Yeah. Just just make sure his number's on the score sheet. That's uh, all. All right. I want to touch on a couple of guys here, Jugger, that I I think need some mention. And and one is another kid from, from my area and, and my girlfriend would be just choked if I didn't bring up Sam 
LaRue. Uh, this kid is just a specimen, an athlete, quarterback in football, a prime lacrosse player. I know you took this kid pretty high. What are your expectations for Sammy LaRue coming into camp? Uh, well, before I touch on LaRue, uh, you know, I, and I've said this to you before, I got to give a lot of props to our Western Scout. I, I think uh, Robbie Buckin does such a great job for us. Um, you know, there's a lot Western of Western Scout or GM of the Bandits. <laughs> Well, he's the Sorry western he's the western go, go, go. i'm glad hey i'm glad you haven't fallen asleep I ah, there you go. To him. It's been a lot. hey but, listen um, i'm like jumbo news thing the uh no it's robbie buckin has done such a great job for us. Has, like, he hasn't missed I, for I, you chugger like i I, don't, I can't think of a pick where it's like ooh, that didn't really work out uh very well like he's hit on everything pretty much and he and he does and and i'll i'll tell you a little story the the Nathaniel Kazevnikov, Jamie likes to call him the Russian. That, well, that's Nathaniel what Mouse called. He's not Russian. That's what Mouse came up with that nickname, the Russian. Uh, Kineznikov, if I'm not mistaken there. Kineznikov, uh, but not Russian. Cause works just fine for him as well. But uh, I, I had no idea who the kid was. I had never seen him play. And I wasn't even sure he was eligible for the draft. And he's he's calling me in Philadelphia basically saying, if this kid's around with your next pick, you have to pick him. And it, it's a second round pick. So it's, it's a pretty, pretty important pick. It's not like we're throwing a dart in the fifth round. Yeah. And I'm like, Bucky, I, I, tell me about the kid. I've never seen him. I have no idea who you're talking about. Trust and me. he basically says, me. just trust me. And because of his track record, you know, you know, I can just go chase. I can go Macaulay. We can go Kosnikov. You name it. Carson. Macaulay. Yeah. Malcolm. Car yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, Bucky, if you say he's the guy, we'll go with him. So, um, you know, and Samuel LaRue is another one last year. So, um, yeah, so I just wanted to give props to Bucky there because I, I don't think he gets near the, the credit that he should for some of the guys that we were uh, lucky enough to draft. Agreed. But Agreed. with, yeah, with, with Sammy, he's, um, you know, he's a project. We took him, we knew he's going to Western. We knew that he's got a pretty good pedigree, whether that translates, we don't know, but, um, and we knew that he was going to play quarterback for the next four years. So we don't know if, when, how long we'd see him. So uh, we're hoping that he's going to be in training camp at some point. I think Western's still playing right now. I don't know his status. I don't think he's playing for them. I think he might be dressing some games, not other games, but okay. he's still a part of their team. So he'll be around uh, whenever football's done. And, and I think from talking to JT, I think we want to try and play him out the back door like they did with Dane at, at the beginning of Dane's career and let him basically get his feet wet use his size, use his athleticism and, um, you know, get, play some good defense and then transition the ball up the floor. I think that's, I think that's what our thought is for him, uh, as of right now, but things could change. But like we talked a little earlier on, we're, we're pretty deep on the, on the right side of offense. So I think we may look at putting him out the back door, but with his size and his speed and, and what we think he can bring, uh, you know, he's one of the guys we're real excited about. Speaking with the general manager of the Buffalo Bandits, Steve Dietrich. And the other guy I wanted to bring up here, and, and I don't know if you got a status on him or not, is Joel Matthews, Steve, who, if you don't know the story behind Joel Matthews, you know, broke into the league fairly young, pretty successful, had some time with Peterborough in, in the summer, and then went to a pretty dark place and, and got himself caught up in some bad stuff and, and had to battle back from that. And I think he's cleaned himself up. He's gotten himself in phenomenal shape. And it looks like he's got a real desire to get back in the league. I don't know how often you're in contact with Joel or what the, the, the deal is with him coming to camp. But I just want to give this guy a shout out because not only like is it hard to 
come back from something like that, but to put himself in a position and then to get an opportunity, I think is another thing. And Joel's done that for himself. And I just wonder what your expectations are for him. Well, got a little, little bad news. I oh. talked to Joel today. He hurt his knee in training, so he doesn't know oh, how long he's going to be out. But um, yeah, like Joel's a kid that we had, um, I think right around my first or second year with the bandits and you know, he, he works, he works his tail off. He does everything you ask of him. Uh, he got taken, I believe off our practice roster. And I think he went to Rochester and then he started to play real well for them. And you're right. He, he went, he went to a dark place, but he's cleaned himself up. He's a great kid. He deserved a second chance. You know, he basically promised me every, everything up and down that he was clean and, and that I, he wouldn't let me down. And, and I, you know, I, and I'm sure Jamie can talk about this. Like we, you know, you always want to believe in, in kids and you want to give them a second opportunity, especially when they were real good for you and real honest and, and everything the first time you had them. So I was looking forward to seeing Joel because I had seen all the stuff that you're talking about, how good a shape he's in and, and how jacked he was and how just incredibly excited he was to, yeah. to get back on the lacrosse floor. Yeah. So I'm hoping that the knee injury is not as bad as, as he thinks it is. And, and he can get back on the floor as soon as possible. Cause, uh, He's a kid I was looking forward to seeing again. And what about Frankie Brown, Steve? Because this guy, I think, is untapped potential. We've seen him bounce around a little bit, uh, Georgia, Rochester, and and now in Buffalo, but hasn't played in a while. But he's got all the tools, 6'4", 220, and, like, hands to go with it. And I just – I kind of keep waiting for a big year out of Frank Brown. Could we see it this season? I certainly hope so, Jumbo, because you're preaching to the choir. Um, you know, I, I, I've been a Frank Brown guy for a couple of years. Cause you, you know, you can't teach six, four, uh, you can't teach his speed and his strength and all that stuff. And then when we played Rochester last year, at the beginning of the year, he, he had an edge to his game. Like when he was playing defense, he was letting everybody know he's there. And when he was in a scrum, he was grabbing guys and pulling guys and just sending messages. And, and I, I made a mental note of that, that, you know, that's the kind of guy that I, that I thought we needed. Uh, a little more size with a little more, a little more snarl. Yeah. Um, and when we were able to make the deal with uh, Dan Carey, he was a guy that, that I really wanted to get our hands on. And, and um, you know, we have big things for Frankie Brown. Like he's a guy that I think we signed to a three-year deal or a two-year deal a couple of years ago that, you know, prior to COVID obviously. So um, somebody that we wanted to commit to somebody that we wanted a guy that's going to play night in and night out for us. And, and uh, we're hoping that that comes to fruition, that he comes to camp and uh, basically just, takes a job and runs with it. And, and one of these guys that like Matt Spanger a couple of years ago that, yeah. that was in and out and then came in and, and took a job and then became a, a weekly guy that you didn't even think about. We're hoping the same thing for Frank Brown. Well, listen, Steve, uh, I told Clarky this, I'm going to tell you this as well. So put this in your pocket. I'll ask you a couple more questions so you can prepare yourself. But because Jamie Dowick is sitting on the line here, listening to all this gold coming out of your mouth, I'm going to allow each and every one of our guests to ask Jamie a question about his team. So if you got something on your mind that you want to know about him, the rock or some of his players, or maybe, uh, you know, get a power play play from him or something like that. Uh, get ready for that. And, and if you got a question for Jamie, you can ask you, ask him after I ask you this, uh, do you have, uh, can you give us any little intel on sneak peek? I know the bandits are always, uh, they got, you know, fabulous theme nights and they're always doing up new jerseys and stuff. Uh, anything exciting you can tell bandit land or, or bandit fans about the upcoming year in that regard? Well, there's something, i put it to you this way. And I don't, I don't want to tease it because it's not a hundred percent sure. And Lawler would string me up by my neck. <laughs> 
<laughs> if I if I say much more, but there's going to be something big uh, happening in Banditland this year. There's one of the games. There's oh. going to be a really really big occasion that night, and um, you know I'm looking forward to it. In my opinion, it's long overdue. But that's I'll leave it at that okay. because I can't I can't say any more because it hasn't been confirmed. Okay. But it's uh, it's going to be a big night in Bandola. Sounds like fun, uh, Jamie. You got anything for Chugger before I let him open up on you? No, I got nothing for him. <laughs> All right, Steve. Here's your big opportunity. Do you got a question for Jamie Dowd? Well, see, this is tough, Jumbo, because I talk to Jamie every day. So okay. Uh, I, you can, you can just me, ask him what he had for dinner last night or something like that. I will tell you this. And Jamie's a man of his word. He told me that there will be extra pizza at uh, First Ontario Centre when the bandits play for payment of letting us talk, letting him talk to Rusty Kruger. So I just want him oh. to tell everybody on the air got, okay. that he's going to be a man of his word. And so there will be extra pizza delivered to the coach's room the night the bandits <laughs> the to, directly to the coach's room bypass the player's locker room uh the extra cheese on there as well jamie yeah and i'm good with that maybe a reminder text the morning of chugs <laughs> but uh <laughs> i'm absolutely gonna take care of that for you for sure no we listen i mean and i said this i've said this before and whatever um you know like what Buffalo, a deal pizza uh, for our, Kruger. Our, 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 pizza for yeah. Kruger. oh that's nuts yeah, well, maybe we'll throw a little more something in there. But, you know, back to the whole thing. Yeah. Buffalo being our biggest rivalry, you know, it, it is – well, it's not weird that, you know, uh, it's well past that. Steve and I are great friends, you know, both GMs of those teams and whatever. But, you know, they got a great team, and, and their fan base should, uh, you be know, excited. be real excited about this yeah. year because they're going to be – they're going to be, like I said on our preview when we did a couple – weeks ago they're gonna they're gonna be a tough team in the east and they'll definitely be you know having their voice on what happens in that division well steve i don't know if you knew this or not but i was talking to jamie about when we decided we're gonna start talking to the head coaches and gms and he said man he goes chugger would have been the gm in toronto had he only stuck around one more year of course terry was was there but ended up passing away and he said that Probably the only person that he would have handed that GM job to would have been you, but you had left for Buffalo the year before, just so you know. I don't know if you knew that. Well, that's that, yeah, that's an amazing compliment. But uh, Jamie, Jamie's doing an, a, a pretty good job. So, uh, you know, he's got, he's got a team, although I will say when I listened to the podcast last week, um, I think Jamie's got six out of the eight teams, I think, in the East winning it. because Every team seemed to be <laughs> yeah, good. I couldn't get games, a straight so. answer out of him. Hey, how about that? Like, uh, just on the fans, all sorts of fans is there last week. Yeah, huh? six. Well, six I'm Eastern number 14 in the, in the power rankings, so. <laughs> Hey. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Get, talking to Jamie, it's, you never know which way the day is going to turn after you're done talking. Give to Glenn him. Clark a call after this because he had no idea Dowick was co-hosting with me, so he is apparently <laughs> not not even listening to the podcast. Uh, the last he's not he hey, he must be t- he must be on Teddy's podcast. Oh That's my why, god, right? like I cannot believe he just went down that road. Teddy's on hiatus right now. He's taking like three weeks off. He comes, he goes, he comes, he goes. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's. Well, going how do you how do you get a podcast and you do one? Every, like every six weeks like how do you get a following when you're doing a podcast every I'm six telling weeks you, three years steve dietrich i've never missed a week just saying yeah and and you've had some beauties as guests absolutely and, and you've been on a number of Challoner. times yeah yeah, yeah, Evan, got, yeah we've, i mean great you got 
Burmo, yeah, we've had Burm Daddy on for uh, for a little stint there as well. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. So when are you doing Calgary? Because I got to tune in to hear my boy Mouse. You yeah, well, Mouse we're gonna know we're gonna we're gonna jump to the other end of the alphabet next week and uh, get the Warriors and Rush in there, I believe, and then we'll bounce back to the other end, and I think it'll be Calgary and Colorado the following week. So two weeks uh, today. Like Jumbo, you, you're a Western guy. How fair is it that we have to play the defending champions? And you're basically given Belichick and McDaniels three months to prepare for you with McMahon and Malowski. You're giving them three months to prepare for you. That's what we get. Hey, that's what we get. You got NLL 35 moments, John Tavares standing on your bench and a brand new defensive coach. Like if you can't, if anybody knows about Malowski, it should be you all those years in Rochester with him shooting on you. You should know what's going on. Yeah, you know, I'll give you a little a little story and then I'll get off because okay. I, I know you don't like to have these these things last for two hours. So we uh, we my, when I'm living in Rochester, 1998, I get this roommate, Kurt Malowski, and I think I love lacrosse. This guy moves in and he is 24 seven, and there's no off switch. Like we're either watching lacrosse, we're playing lacrosse in the room. We're talking lacrosse, like there's no off switch. So I call my girlfriend who ends, who's now my wife. And I said, like, I'm three days in and, and I can't live with this guy. I got, I got to come home. Like, this is just absolutely, <laughs> just, still it's like offside. He's still like that. He's yeah. And, and I'm like this, now the guy turns into a great friend of mine. And then I talked to Bob McMahon and he's like, yeah, we go back after the game. He doesn't even want to go out. He wants to go back to the room and just talk about the game. Yeah. But that's why, that's what puts some guys and make them Next the best and what they are. That's right. That's who he is. He sure is. So, so that'll be a couple story. weeks. Uh, probably him and, and Pat Coyle, I would think, uh, will be the guests that week. And we'll look forward to that. Uh, this was fantastic, Steve Dietrich. I always appreciate your time and a conversation talking bandits and, and lacrosse with you as well. Thanks, guys. It's always a pleasure. There he was, GM of the defensive coach and general manager of the Buffalo Bandits, Steve Chugger Dietrich. And uh, I know he's one of your favorite people, Jamie. He's one of our favorite guests on the podcast here, too. And just a real salt of the earth kind of guy, guy you can joke around with, have some fun with, but real good at his job as well. Absolutely. And uh, he does a great job. He's done an awesome job there. And, uh, you know, the Bandits organization's lucky to have him and a real good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, love to beat him more than anything. Yeah, you know, you, you think back to it when they made the move from Darius and, and Steve took over. That was not an easy decision for all of that to happen. And then Troy stepping off the bench and it just, it's worked out well there in Buffalo. And I think they got the right guy in charge steering the ship there in Banditland. So uh, always look forward to talking to Steve Dietrich and uh, best of luck on the upcoming Bandit season. Season previews, Jamie, uh, here in quarter three, brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. As, uh, what else do we got here? Brand new from Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Lots to offer. Is a great selection for boots from Blundstones. We talked about Blundstones in, in the open you got yourself a pair. You're going to try them out. You're going to test them out. And uh, you may pick up yourself a second pair. You like them so much, as far as I know. But the weather is starting to feel a little bit more like winter. The NLL season's knocking on the door. Why not get yourself a new pair of Blundstones for the upcoming season? Finally get the chance to get back in arenas and take in a game. And you want to be looking good when you do that. You'll be that in Blundstones. Doesn't matter if you're getting ready for the job site, a hike, or a night out on the town. To take in a lacrosse game for your favorite team, Stampede Tack and Western Wear has the perfect pair of Blundstone boots for you. 
Cloverdale, Highway 10, 180th, 1966, or hop online, stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. One more break to go here. Quick sticks are coming up in quarter four, episode 155. Rolls on after this. Hey, this is Eric Penny, goaltender for the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Back on Lax Class, no more breaks as we're in the final frame. Fourth quarter action is a go, and Quick Sticks are now in quarter number four, Jamie. And Quick Sticks, of course, brought to you by the National Lacrosse League. I said it last week, some... Very important information is coming your way in very short order. Unfortunately, it is not going to be this week, but hang tight, lacrosse fans. It is coming. Mark my words on that. But for now, don't forget to check out the NLL shop, including jerseys, hats, t-shirts, and more. You can check it out, NLL shop, or fanatics.ca for our friends in Canada, which I know a lot of you are in. All the new swag is up there. Calgary's new stuff. Albany, Panther City. It's all there. Fanatics.ca, NLLshop.com. And uh, in the meantime, as well, don't forget to sign up to that NLL newsletter. Head to NLL.com and uh, scroll down to the bottom of the page. Sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss any exclusive information. Face-off weekend just around the corner. Big thanks to our friends at the NLL for hopping on the podcast here and sponsoring Quick Sticks. Uh, I, we haven't even, t- I thought I was planning on talking about this off the top. I didn't really get a chance to, I suppose. So let's talk about it now. Super Sixes went down over the weekend and Canada coming out pretty well in this. The women go 4 and 0, the men go 3 and 1. What are your initial takeaways from Super Sixes? We were kind of saying, like, I need to watch this a little bit before I formulate an opinion. Did you get a chance to watch any of this over the weekend? No, not at all. To be honest with you, you just kind of gave me an update on what the results were. I, I didn't really know, to be to be totally honest right. with you. I'm kind of, I kind of missed the boat on it, even though I was kind of looking forward to it. I just I didn't end up watching any of it, and I didn't even really see a ton of results on it. I, I don't know if I'm not following the right people or whatever, but I wasn't getting the information I was looking for. Okay, well, hop on Lacrosse Sports Network, get the app, and you can go back and watch those games and check it out. And then next week, that'll be your homework for this week, Jamie. You can go back and watch a little Super Sixes action and then give me your opinion on it uh, next week. For me, I, I got a chance to take in the majority of it, not a whole lot of the women's game, mostly the men's stuff, just the way my schedule worked out more than anything, but some takeaways from it. Um, the game needs some, some and, and this is mostly tweaks. Like it's, there's some positives that came out of it. Like I think it's, you know, nice flow to it. Um, it's, it's, I have more issues with it than I do compliments for it. Really though, after my first initial net, I think it needs smaller nets. For one, I think the goalies are just at the mercy of these guys who are way too good, especially at the higher end. 
to to be playing on big nets with the the format that it is. It may be different for developing countries and, and kind of middle nations. I'm not so sure on that yet. They need stop time for sure in the, in the fourth quarter to to kind of avoid time wasting, which we saw a little bit of. There's no possessions off of missed shots, and I think they need to kind of adjust the shot clock from when the ball goes out of bounds to when the person or the goalie or the player picks it up because there was some diddle-dallying going on there as well. Like, there was some manipulation. Didn't take long for these guys to kind of figure out ways to, to circumvent the rules a little bit, which, you know, makes sense. These guys are the best in the world. So, for me, like, some of the issues are, like, no – not so much that there's no face-offs, but when a goal is scored, it's literally on the goalie to try and dig it out of his net as fast as he can and outlet it the other way. And I just, I wonder if that should really be a skill in the sport of lacrosse. How fast a goalie can dig a ball out of his net and outlet it is going to be a real skill and tactic that is going to be used in this game. And the better and the faster you are at it, the more chances you're going to get in transition. So. The biggest thing for me is, like, there's no long poles, which is great, but there's literally no defense. Like, you're not allowed to set hard picks. They kind of all have to be little slip picks and stuff, but there's literally, like, there's... It's just, like, it's a glorified game of backyard lacrosse, which is super fun to play, and I'm sure Super Sixes is super fun, but I don't know if it's super fun to watch which is the concerning point to me. And somebody made a comment in, in our chat group saying, you know what, like we're hardcore lacrosse dorks and our opinion doesn't really matter a whole lot about what they're trying to accomplish and, and get out of this. And somebody else made a point saying, yeah, but if I'm somebody new and seeing this for the first time, am I coming back a second time? So bit of both sides here, right? Like, I, I think some definite, and they've admitted this themselves, that some tweaks need to be made, I think, to the roster size and how many players you can carry and how many you can dress and, and all that sort of stuff. They're really quick games. They're eight-minute quarters, 32 minutes total. So they're done and over with really quickly as well. And and I just, like, some tweaks, there, and they've admitted, like, that the rules are not set in stone here. So We'll be interesting to see how things develop, but I want you to go check some of this out, Jamie, after hearing all that and, and then formulate your own opinion for me. Um, I Homework re- note, noted. Okay, thank you. I really did. Yeah, no, I want to I want to check it out. I just, like I said, I don't, I don't know. Look, I follow across well, Canada. I just, I didn't get they, a lot of an updates or anything on, on social and didn't I've got the Lack Sports Network app. I just okay because I wasn't getting seeing a lot of things on social. It didn't remind well, me to go I think on that's, there. That's any a problem point to check it out, Jamie. That's it is a, a problem. That's it is a, prob- a problem. Yeah, like Lacrosse Canada, Team Canada Lacrosse need to step their game up. You look at the Haudenosaunee. By the way, they're not going with the Iroquois Nationals anymore. It's now the Haudenosaunee Nationals, which I actually really like. So I didn't even have that down. But you watch, like, Charlie Regresa, who I regard to be one of the best, if not the best, when it comes to social media and the sport of lacrosse. They absolutely crushed it all weekend long. And the most he got out of Canada lacrosse was, like, a score update and a, and a little blurb on, on the game. And it's just, it's not good enough. And if we want our national team, which is the best in the world, to be pushed to the next level and people to pay attention. Like if if you're not even getting 
updates and like imagine the casual sports fan. There's no chance that they know what the hell is going on, which is quite concerning when you think about it uh, in in that regard. And for the longest time, Jamie, I, I have this down, and it's not a big deal, but I, like for the longest time, Canada and their jerseys at world championships and big tournaments and stuff have been just meh. They finally pulled out a beauty here for the Super Sixes. Very chaos lacrosse club-like, but beautiful jerseys done up. I think uh, Eddie Camo had a hand in these things, uh, so it was good to see Team Canada actually put a little effort into their jerseys. Um, more quick sticks here. Let's get through these. Tyler Richards has been named as the new goaltending coach in Calgary as he is officially retired a second time from the National Lacrosse League. He's not coming back again. Tyler Richards, new goalie coach in Calgary. Uh, what else did I see? Rondi Stott signing a three-year deal in Panther City. What was the other one? Aaron Bolt making a comeback to the National Lacrosse League as the Halifax Thunderbirds sign... Stone Cold Aaron Bold to a contract. That kind of came out of left field. Uh, I mentioned the Iroquois, Haudenosaunee, their helmets were something to behold. Just absolutely spectacular. So I had that down on my list. Maybe this is one you can touch on here, Jamie Dowick. I saw this. Zone 8 Lifetime Achievement Award, Reg Hollingshead. What can you tell me about Reg? Anything? I don't know too much about Reg, to be honest. With so, well, where's mean, Zone 8? Uh, oh, gosh. You don't it's know that? be... Southern no, Ontario, I, would, I think, but I don't know. So that would be St. Catharines, maybe. Okay. Well, Lifetime Achievement Award uh, is no, you know, no fault, small feat here. So I don't know a whole lot about Reg, but Zone 8 Lifetime Achievement Award, I had it down on my list. I thought maybe you might be able to chime in there, but maybe not. Reg Holland's head, uh, congratulations on that. Saw this last week, which excites me, Jamie. 100% capacity allowed at Rogers Arena. Do you know what's going on in Hamilton? Uh, Double vaxxed, 100% capacity allowed in the hammer? Yes, sir. Okay. So I think this will be the norm pretty much across the league. Got to be double vaccinated, and there will be no attendance restrictions. It may be a little bit different from province to province, city to city, including one Saskatoon which looks like there may be some issues there. As I saw uh, our, our buddy Evan Schemenauer tweeting out about the re- restrictions at Sastel Center, and we'll see how that plays out leading up to the season. Hopefully things change a little bit because I don't think they're going to be able to pack that building like they normally do with the restrictions that are in place right now. Uh, quick sticks, quick sticks. I think the last one I got here, I believe it is the last one I got here. Got to get this in, Jamie. NLL 35 moments. And uh, Steve Dietrich was just talking about him. The greatest box lacrosse player to ever pick up a stick. One John Tavares had his jersey retired March 11th, 2016. And just bear with me here, Jamie, as I, I read this off here. Bandits retire John Tavares' jersey. John played more or John played 24 seasons in the NLL. <laughs> I can't even get through the first sentence without chuckling. 24 seasons from 92 to 2015, all with the Buffalo Bandits. Over 18,000 were in attendance for his jersey retirement, a game in which the number 11 was retired in Buffalo. Tavares is one of the most decorated players in the NLL. The numbers speak for himself. Check this out. 14 
NLL first team all pros. Three MVPs, 94, 2000, 2001. Four time champion, 92, 93, 96, 08. Seven time scoring leader. And of course, the all time leader in goals with 815, assists with 934, and points, 1749 for the GOAT. John Tavares, this week's NLL 35 moments. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Listen, when I when I kind of got involved in the NLL, and it was at the tail end of John's career, and and you know when I say tail end, I'm talking about like probably his 40 to 46 range. So I I, I wasn't really following him in his heyday, and I, he's another guy I wish I'd just seen play more because even at 40 to 46. Or he he you could just he's he's just special yeah. and uh I'll dial you know, up those ninety two, ninety three games, Jamie, that are on YouTube. You can go back and watch those and the star studded talent on those teams, like you'll you'll recognize Hamley and Keenan and Kevy Alexander and all these names on, on those bandit teams from back in the day. And John was just breaking into the league back then. I I tell this story a lot about John Tavares. I'll tell it again here. My first time ever seeing John Tavares play lacrosse was in 1993, where he was with the Brampton Excelsior as he came to Coquitlam to play in the Man Cup. And this was so long ago that John Tavares was still wearing number six in his his career. Of course, number 11, he is synonymous with. But wearing number six, and I don't even know what game it was. It might even have been game one, where he was – you know, they still played both ends back then to John and he played defense, got himself a breakaway and came, this is in the man cup and came down the, and went reverse backhand bounce shot top corner in a four by four goal. And I was just like, I'd never seen anybody shoot the ball like that before. Never mind score and do it on a breakaway. And that was like my, holy shit, this is John Tavares moment and like kind of started to like, this guy is legit and started following along the rest of the way. But man, oh man, what a player and could do it all, man. Like he, like you had the points, the goals and assists and all that, but the man could play some defense. He had a little mean streak in him as well. Wasn't afraid to, to drop his gloves when he needed to and just won everything in sight, no matter where he went or who he played for. That team usually ended up on top if you had John Tavares in your lineup. You can't argue with that. Why would you? As a man, Jamie, that was another monster there for EP 155. I haven't even told the people I would really appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast and put down a review while you were at it. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, please hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to follow us on social media as well. We've got a Facebook page and email at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Uh, actually had a, a guy reach out and, and was interested in, in sponsoring the podcast. Uh, didn't email my lacrosse classified email, got through the flash and it took a while to get, anyways, uh, hopefully that's in the work. Stay tuned for that. That just kind of triggered my memory there for a second. Uh, while I was reading that out at lax class at lacrosse classified at J Dowick and at PXP for sports is where you can find me. Thanks to our sponsor, Stampede Tack, the NLL, the Vancouver Warriors, and, of course, Associated Labels and Packaging, to Glenn Clark and Steve Dietrich for coming on the program. You, of course, the loyal listener, for checking out Lax Class each and every single week. We'll be back next week right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for Episode 156. But for now, 
This episode is now over. For Jamie Dowick, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.